0: Today I'm sharing a conversation I had a few seasons ago with Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. Sandra is a board-certified internal medicine physician, speaker, and author. In her book, Sacred Rest, she highlights seven types of rest that we all need to have if we're going to be productive, happy, and if we're ever going to stop feeling so burned out. And that's exactly what we're talking about today. Friends, rest is not a luxury. It's an essential part of our lives. And Sandra's gonna teach us exactly how to make that a reality with some practical tips that are totally doable. She'll also explain the difference between getting a good night's sleep and getting rest because it turns out they're actually two separate things. That's why you can get a good night's sleep and still feel totally burned out, empty, and cranky the next day. Guys, I learned so much about rest in this conversation. Sandra's seven types of rest totally blew my mind. They helped me pinpoint where I'm experiencing some burnout and gave me fresh ideas on how to find the rest that I need. I know they'll do the same for you. But before we dive in, do you guys know that I have a shop? I do. It's filled with all of my books and prayer journals and devotionals and ebooks, girls' night sweatshirts, art prints, and more. If you're ever looking for any of the resources I talk about here on the show, Or if you want to be twins with me and get an official Girls Night sweatshirt that is so cozy you'll practically live in it, that's where you can find all those things. You can check out my shop at stephaniemaywilson.com. And actually, speaking of both my website and my shop, I have something super fun to share with you. So, next week, our little corner of the internet turns nine. Isn't that crazy? I cannot believe that we've been around for nine whole years. Well, to celebrate, next week we are having a gigantic anniversary sale in my shop. Every single thing in the shop is gonna be on sale. This is our biggest sale of the year by far, bigger than any other promotion or sale or discount we've ever done, but that's not all. This is actually the very last time that several of my books and t-shirts and art prints and more are gonna be available. Once they're sold out, they are gonna be retired for good. We just have to make room for some new things, you know? So if you've had your eye on something for a while, this really might be your last chance to get it. But with that in mind, because you're a Girls' Night listener, I have a little surprise for you. You get access to the sale early. So this week only, if you use the promo code Girls Crew, you'll get 40% off of everything in my shop. That's the same sale everyone else will get access to next week, but you get to shop a whole week early. I just wanted to give y'all a little gift as say thank you for being part of our Girls' Night community and I wanted to make sure that our Girls' Night crew had access before things started to sell out. So again, our anniversary sale officially starts on Monday, next Monday, but it starts today for you since you're a part of our Girls' Night community. So again, to shop, just head to my website, it's stephaniemaywilson.com, and you'll use the promo code Girls' Night Crew to get 40% off. Again, that's the same sale that everyone else will have access to next week, Be good get to shop a whole week early. I'm so, so excited to celebrate with you. Oh, another quick thing, if you're listening to this episode after the week is over, or during a totally different time of the year, no worries at all, feel free to check out my shop anyway, I'd love to share these resources with you. Okay, with all that said, let's jump into today's episode. Here's my conversation with Sandra. Hey friends, I'm so excited for what I get to share with you today. I'm sitting here with my new friend, Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith, and I have so many questions for her. I'm so excited to just pick your brain. So, Sandra, can you tell us who you are, what
1: you do, and a fun fact about yourself? Yes, well, I'm an internal medicine physician. I've been in practice now for about 20 years, I have two sons that are teenagers, married for 20 years as well. And my fun fact, um, the one thing probably no one knows about me except for my husband is that my minor in college was jazz dance. So that was my backup plan. If I didn't become a doctor, (laughs) I was going to Broadway with the jazz hands and all. (laughs) That is amazing. That is
0: amazing. That is such a great fun fact. I feel like (laughs) next time I see my doctor, I'm going to be like, yeah, but can you dance? Like, (laughs) I mean... You have nothing on Dr. Sandra if you cannot also <laughs> whip out some really epic jazz hands. That's amazing. That's so good. Well, so um, we're gonna talk about rest and burnout today because that's something that you like speak and write about so much, which I'm so grateful for. We all need this. Um yes. and so I wanna just kind of start out. Rest seems like it should be a simple thing to do, right? But it's not. In practice, it's not. Can why do so many of us struggle to rest or struggle with burnout
1: and fatigue and insomnia? Well, I think we've started calling something rest that isn't. For most of us, we either call sleep rest and we combine them up into one big thing. So we say, well, I'm going to go rest tonight. And we really just mean we're going to sleep. The problem with that is sleep is only one of the th- different types of rest that I found in my research, only one of the seven. And so when someone says that they're going to sleep and that's the only way they define rest, they set themselves up to be deficient in one of the other types of rest. And then you start thinking, well, rest doesn't really work because I tried it and I still woke up tired the next day. And so for many of us, it's really a mindset shift of what is rest and what does it look like? Redefining it for ourselves so that we can understand when we're getting it and when we're not getting it. You know, sitting on the couch watching Netflix is not rest for most people. That's why you still feel tired after you're done doing it. Really, it's not rest unless it's a restorative type activity. If you're not actually pouring back into one of those seven areas, then it's not rest. It's just fun work or it's just the cessation of activity. It's not actually helping to bring you back to a place of fullness.
0: Okay that makes a lot of sense. I think that yeah, we think of rest as as stopping all activity, but what you're saying is it's not stopping activity, it's it's doing the right activities that actually fill you up instead of just yeah, sitting there
1: empty. Absolutely. They're restorative activities. I think that is probably the biggest mindset shift for people. Rest should equal restoration in one of these seven areas of your life. So once you start thinking about it that way, then when you say, I I need to rest, you start thinking about, well, what needs resting? What needs restored? And you're much more intentional, which means you're much more successful at actually achieving what you desire.
0: Oh, that's so good. Okay, well, so I'm dying here about the seven types of rest, but before I do you know, I know as an author that when we write a book about something, uh, it's usually because we've had to learn about it the hard way. Like I, I find that normally we don't put the time and effort into writing a book or or really studying something unless we've personally
1: felt the effects or personally felt the need. Mm-hmm. So what has this looked like in your life? Well, I burned out. I Like I said, I've been practicing medicine for 20 years. So about 10 years into my medical practice, I I had my kids and they were both toddlers at the time. So I was doing the dropping off at daycare and picking up at daycare and you still have, you're still a mom. So you still had to, all this other stuff to do. And I was still working 40, 50, 60 hours a week sometimes. So I got to a point where I was just pouring and pouring and pouring. And I, I was spending all of my energy on the pouring out and didn't even consider I, that, Rest was something I had time for. You know, it was like, I don't have time to rest. I'll rest on my vacations. And that doesn't work. That leads to burnout. And so I remember one day getting home from picking up the kids from daycare and I set them in front of the TV. Yeah, I call her my electronic nanny because she kept them entertained while I went and did other <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> so I set them in front of that and I recall that particular day, I was just at the end of myself. I went and laid down on the four-year floor. I was just so exhausted. My body hurt. I mean, it was the type of exhaustion that was kind of mind, body, and spirit deep. And laying there, I just remember thinking, there has to be more than this. I didn't spend all these years going after this goal to feel like this. And this is success. You know, I've got girlfriends saying, girl, you've got the life. And I'm like, you don't want this life. This is not fun. this doesn't feel good. And I knew something had to change. yeah, what did
0: um what did your family say or or notice in that time?
1: That's the thing. I don't think anyone noticed anything because on the outside, it looked so good. It looked so successful. You know, at the time that I was at my deepest level of burnout, I was achieving um, a lot. And I think that's the thing that confuses people sometimes when um, when you have a certain personality that, you know, if you have the personality of a high achiever, you can go, go, go in the middle of your emptiness. You can, I mean, and it's not even faking it. You just have learned how to push through the exhaustion at the expense of yourself your sanity and anything else. You can just keep getting stuff done. You you are a producer and producing comes easy to you. It's the actual enjoyment of life that comes a lot harder, the slowing down, the reflection, the taking the time to enjoy what you actually produce. And so, you know, that's the group that I love working with now because so many people don't get us. They don't get what it's like to be a, a high achiever, producer type person because for some people that is hard for them to do they have a hard time kind of getting it going and and producing for others of us that's just that's that's how we function right and if you tell us to stop you it's almost like you're cutting off an arm yeah <laughs> you know? yes. it's like stop that's no thank you that's not fun but that's the thing that I had to to really get to grips with as much as difficult as rest is for me I had to learn it because it was killing me not to. Yeah. So what did what what did you do
0: first? Like you have two small kids, you have a thriving mm. medical practice that takes 40, 50, 60 hours of your week, you're a wife, you have a house, you have friends, mm. you have to shower sometimes. All of the things all of the things <laughs> what what
1: how did you what were some of the first steps you took? Well, honestly, the very first step I took was at the time, I didn't really feel like that I was sleeping very well. So I, my only knowledge of rest when I first got started was just like everybody else. I must be sleep deprived. I need more sleep. So, yep. so that's honestly where I started. So I started off with, okay, I'm going to make a point that I'm going to not try to do work after nine or when eight when I put the kids to bed. I'm going to force myself down to sleep and get these eight nine hours that every all my textbooks are telling me that I need. Right. So I did that for you know a couple of months, and it did not help because (laughs) sleep was not my issue. I did not have a physical rest deficit. That was not the problem. And that's when it really got real because that's when it was like you know. Goodness, what's good? <laughs> well, now, what do I do? Because yeah. what I've been told and trained should work isn't working. And from that point, I started looking at, really thinking about what what is what's tired in me. I started asking myself because I kept saying, "I'm so tired. I'm so tired." And one day, it just dawned on me, "What's tired?" And I was like, "You know, what's what's tired? Like, <laughs> what, what what does that even mean? What's tired?" <laughs> And when I started thinking about it, it really started hitting me that the part of me that felt the most drained was the part of me that was able to kind of take off the mask. I had so many professional type roles that I spent majority of my day, not necessarily trying to be fake, but trying to be professional. So I would sit down with my patients, you know, and be professional. I would be in the hospital, the ER, the ICU, being professional. And so there wasn't really anyone that I could just let loose with. You know, I didn't have time to hang out with my girlfriends because I was busy all the time. Right. And, you know, I wasn't going to bring my work home to my husband. He didn't deserve that. I mean, these people were going through real stuff. Yeah. So it was one of those things where it finally hit me. I'm having something. Uh, there's some type of emotional drain that's happening in my life, and I'm not getting that filled back up. That was the first one that hit me. Yeah. I, there's something emotional I need filling in. And that's when I started looking at, okay, so I'm not physically tired. I'm emotionally tired. I'm drained from emotionally dealing with people and all of their problems all day long. And I started to look at what makes me feel better in that area. And so this was a long process. I would probably say discovering and extrapolating the seven types of rest, seeing kind of how they played out in my life. We're talking probably a full seven, eight, nine years of working through something Piece by piece, and then taking it back to my patients and looking in their life to see, well, I have this, you know, deficit. Do you have it too? Yeah. And trying to see what was common between people, not situational, not, you know, um, socioeconomic, not racial, what was common among everybody. And those were the ones that popped up.
0: Okay. So I need to hear tell us about the seven types of rest. And if you can just like tell us a little bit about each one of them, I would love
1: that. Sure. I'll name them first, and we can. I'll go back through. Um, the seven types are physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, sensory, social, and creative. And the physical, we kind of hit on a little bit. The physical really is just like it sounds. Um, The thing about the physical is it divides up into active and passive. So you have passive physical rest, which are things like napping and sleeping. That's what we mostly are familiar with. Then you have active physical rest, which are the things that help your muscles stay relaxed and your circulatory system stay active, your lymphatics draining properly. So things that help with that are something like leisure walks, or um, yoga or stretching, those kind of things that just kind of keep the body in a relaxed state. Then you have mental rest. Mental rest is when you allow your mind to get to that kind of quiet cerebral space where you're not ruminating over thoughts, not doing your mental checklist. You can actually have your thought processes kind of come to the, I always say, look at, think about it like a pond and you drop the pebble in. That's how most of our brains are. It's like rippling all the time. There's always some movement. Mm-hmm. You want to get to the place where you can see your reflection and it, where it stops long enough that you can actually be like, oh, okay, my mind's clear. Yeah. Um, then there's spiritual rest. Spiritual rest is interesting because it really plays a lot into kind of people's own personal spiritual journeys. But at the core of it is being able to look at a relationship with the holy over a religion, over kind of the dogma and the rhetoric and all of that. And to be able to think about it more in the relationship aspect of religion, that feeling of belonging, of acceptance, of being loved. The, social, the sensory part of rest, sensory rest, is the rest that we receive when we allow our senses to quiet down. So it's things like silence and darkness. It's being aware of the amount of sensory input we get from our external, our external um, the environment and our work life. And then kind of being very intentional about getting rest in those areas. Social rest is the rest we receive when we are around life-giving people. So most of us spend most of our time around people who require things from us. Our kids, our families, our coworkers, our clients, they all need things from you. So they are negatively pulling on you socially. And the studies show that most adults have fewer adult friends than ever because our lives are so, so much of our lives are spent with those people who need us who are negatively pulling on us. Not that they're negative people, it's just how they pull on our energy. And so it's important to have those people in your life that don't want anything from you. They just like being around you and you Mm -hmm. like being around them. And then creative rest is the rest we receive when we allow ourselves to appreciate beauty. So it's letting beauty create something inside of you. So unlike uh, art class, you know, where you take out with your girlfriends and you go to an art class or a pottery class, that's creative work. You're putting a demand on your creativity. Creative rest looks like when you go to the beach and you have that feeling of kind of awe and wonder looking at the beauty. Or you're in a museum. Some people get the same feeling at a symphony or if they're at a play or in the mountains. It's letting that beauty do something on the inside of you. And that's really most important for people who not, don't even think of themselves as creatives. So I'm not talking about artists and musicians. I mean people like a homeschooling mom who has to figure out how to teach one child who's a visual learner and another who's an auditory learner and has to creatively think outside of the box to make that work or someone who like uh, is an entrepreneur. And they're trying to think about how do I market my business? How do I connect with my customer? So many of us are having to be creative all day long. And yet we don't think of ourselves as creative. So we don't pour back into that part of ourselves.
0: This is so good. This is so good. I'm, I'm like doing a mental inventory of like, okay, what parts of me feel tired right now? Or or when have I felt tired in different ways? And I think the thing that you said about social rest, about being around people who don't need anything from you, I think that that's a, a really a lot of the reason that I wanted to start this podcast, because I would be sitting at dinner with friends who didn't need anything from me. I wasn't like mentoring them or they weren't, or I mean, even if they came to dinner with, you know, a problem or an issue or something, it was something that, that I was so happy to talk to them about it. Didn't feel um, draining. And, you know, I had things that they were talking me through and, but those Mm -hmm. conversations were so, were so uplifting. And like, I felt so restored at the end of them that finally I had a couple really, really good ones in a row when I was thinking about starting this show. And, and I walked out going, I wish I had my microphone. Like, I I (laughs) wish I had a microphone. I wish someone else could have heard this because I felt like, God spoke to me so much through my friend's story and, and being there at dinner with her and and just uh, something about that interaction, like just filled up my soul. And so that's why I was like, I need to start, I need to start like recording these, you know, I need to start sharing these um, because I know that other people need this as much as I do. So how do we figure out like what, you know, well, first of all, how do we figure out what area we're, we're lacking in? Because I think sometimes we find ourselves so depleted, we're like, I don't even know.
1: Yes, <laughs> that's a great question. That was the number one question I received when I started to when I, when I finally got the idea that, okay, these are the seven, this, you know, I hashed around, moved them around. Like, I feel like these are the seven. And I took it back to my own patient population and started, you know, working through it with them. The number, that was the number one question. I need all seven, which, you know, I that's exhausting, which <laughs> I'm like, yeah. no, you, you know, we have all seven. You probably are getting most of them, but there's one or two that you're more, most efficient in. And those are the ones that are keeping you tired. That's really where the whole Rest quiz concept came from yeah. because people needed a way of doing kind of a self analysis, a way of saying, okay, well, I'm tired and I can't differentiate which tired. So help me figure out which tired it is. And so um, in my book, Sacred Rest, <laughs> that's one of the very first things I have people do. It's on cha- chapter three, we go to stop, stop reading, go to the end of the book, take the assessment. And then what I found was a lot of people are so gadget tech um you know consumed that we needed to have an electronic version of it as well so people could easily kind of just click through and get an answer at the end but that was the reason for that because i had so many people say well you know when they first we first started this was that okay i'm trying to get rest in all seven of these areas and it's so overwhelming and i'm like why are you doing that they're like well i need all i was like yeah You do need all seven, but the the problem is that one that's keep that is the most deficient is the one that's making you feel the worst. When you fix it, it's like the other ones automatically start getting into place because they weren't exhausting you. They may have been slightly depleted, but they weren't at a level of depletion where you felt bad. Once you fix the area of your greatest depletion, then you can start working on some small changes for those other areas. That's so helpful because I, th- I
0: think, you know, especially if you're kind of a doer or a high achiever, you're like, okay, great. Like I've made a list of all seven and I have made <laughs> three, three goals to accomplish today under each section or something. And you're like, oh gosh, now I'm even more tired. We're going to link to both your book and to that rest quiz in the show notes, just so everyone knows. Cause I know everyone's like, okay, where do I find that? <laughs> so w- w- when it comes, like once we figure out what kind of rest we need, are there some like common practices or things that are generally helpful for a lot of people? Or is it like, you really kind of have to figure out what you like, how you fill up creatively?
1: Yeah, it, it is very individualized. And so for most people, once you determine what, what your rest deficit is, what I have you do is start in, immediately thinking about when do you feel better? because for most of us, we are already doing some natural restorative things. We just haven't labeled them as useful. Most most of the time they are things we do kind of almost by accident or it's almost like our soul gravitates towards it. And we don't even know what we're doing or why we're doing. But we leave those moments feeling better and you're like, wow, that felt good. And then you just kind of brush it off and go about your day without really taking, taking inventory of, hey, that was a restorative activity for me. So once people start thinking about this, that's what I have them do. Start, start really kind of evaluating when you have a day that you, you know, it's six o'clock, it's the end of the day and you're feeling awesome. You're like, you know, I did all this stuff and I just felt great. Think about how I is that. Why is it some days you do all this work and at the end of the day you feel like crap and other days you do all this work and you're like, man, I feel like I, someone just poured into me. And that's the thing because rest isn't about stopping. It's about being filled. And so for some of us, our filling comes in in doing, but we're not doing where we're pouring out. We're doing where we're receiving. And so you have to be aware of that because one of, some, one of the most restful things for me are long hike prayer walks in the mountains. Hmm. I'm, I mean, physically I'm tired, but my mind, my soul, my spirit is like yeah. alive. And I, end those days feeling amazing. Yep. And so, you know, you don't let other people kind of judge what your rest looks like, because for many people, they think it's just laying around on the sofa and that's why they're still tired. So you have yes. to determine. What fills you back up? What is the rest you need? At this point in my life, I don't need um, more sleep. I get, my sleep is sound and seven hours is all I need. And I wake up feeling rejuvena- rejuvenated. Yeah. What I need is to have things that clear my mind and inspire me. Yes. And so that's what hours in the mountains and hours, you know, on the trails does for me.
0: Yeah. It's funny, you know, I've been getting lots of sleep lately um, as we're recording this, I uh, it's, gosh, what month is it? It's June. And so we're just coming out of, <laughs> you know, we're still, we're still socially distancing from coronavirus and we're still, you know, we've, we spent, we all spent months at home and, That's. um, I mean, <laughs> I've, you didn't maybe because <laughs> your work is a little bit more <laughs> crucial than mine, but I spent months at home and, um, thank you by the way. Uh, so, I mean, one of the things I'm noticing in myself though, is, is a lot like I'm, I'm physically totally rested, but I haven't, I haven't explored anywhere in months. Mm-hmm. Like this is probably the longest that I've ever spent in my house consistently. And a couple of days ago, I just totally broke down crying. Cause I was like, I need to get out of here. I need to, yeah. I need, I, I need some, some consistent social interaction. Like I need to go stay with family for a week or something. I need, I need mm-hmm. more people around. And also I just need any sort of change of scenery, because as much as I love my house and I do, and as much as I love my neighborhood and getting to take walks around here, like I just Mm -hmm. need to see something different. Um, And so that's something my husband and I are working on right now. We're like, okay, what's, you know, where's somewhere we can go? You know, we're still not really flying yet. So, you know, where can we drive or what can we, what can we do that's like safe and responsible? And, and, but yeah, that's, I, I just, just this weekend, like cried some big tears about feeling just, I haven't seen, it feels like I haven't seen beauty in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a weird yeah, thing I- to like acknowledge that that's hard,
1: you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think that's that's really that's really those self-responsible. <laughs> because you to be at your best, and that's the thing about rest. To be at your best, to give your best to the world, to give the, at your best level of offering, you have to be able to know yourself like that, and to be okay claiming that. You know, I need I need to be surrounded by beauty, and that's that's exactly how I feel with the work that I do, whether it's whether it's the writing or the speaking or the hands-on medicine, right. all of it requires some level of creativity. So I'm the same way. I told my family, I was like, I understand we're, you know, coming out of this social distancing and all of that. Uh, we have a beach trip planned at the end of July. I'm like, we may not do anything but stay in that room with me cooking, but I want to see water. Yes. <laughs> I yes. got to be able to see water from the deck or you know i i we just gotta go yeah and they're like well they we're not gonna be able to go do our you know mini golfing or whatever it is we always do You're like it's like well this is a different season yeah but we can get out of this house
0: yes <laughs> so. yes okay you and i had the same conversation something about water i like truly i'm like i need to see a lake i need to see a mm. swimming pool like we don't, I mean, we don't have a swimming pool and we don't have a neighborhood pool or anything either. And so I'm like, I need some sort of body of water. I don't care what it is. Um, we actually, my husband, after I uh, cried about this, uh, we went to, there's a just a beautiful like... Kind of botanic gardens here in Nashville, and I'd we'd never been, and so we went, and it was it was amazing, it was beautiful, and it was a great change of scenery, and it felt like I mean we could have been anywhere in the world, just the beautiful things we were seeing, (laughs) but we did. There was this one little area where it had this kind of water feature thing trickling down in Uh one of the manicured gardens and like I swear it took all of my self-control not to climb in it like I just it is hot here and I need to get in a pool so bad and I truly was like do you think they'd kick me out if I got in this like nasty like algae fountain he's like probably yes I do think they would
1: You know what? That's the number one type of creative rest is the body of water phenomenon that a lot of people have. That sense of calming and peace and kind of restoration of the soul with bodies of water. It's interesting. I'm an... I'm a geek, so I do a lot of researching. So one of the big research pieces that I found with that was they did a study actually of the brains of people who were looking at bodies of water versus looking at like teal colored, you know, paintings and things. And there's actually a chemical change that happens in the brain for people who that is how they receive creative rest. So it's like, you know, because I always say it's it's not in my head, you know, (laughs) that I feel better around bodies of water. Well, the science shows it actually is in my (laughs) head (laughs) because there is a chemical change that happens. And one of the really interesting things that it showed was that, you know, because we can't always get away to the beach when we want to feel that. But it showed that they had a similar chemical reaction in the brain, a release of those kind of happy endorphins, even if they saw bodies of water on screen. So now I have like a virtual background that I do when I do some of my Zoom meetings, that is the ocean that shows the water and the trees blowing. And it's so funny because when I'm talking, when I'm doing these meetings, I mean, they're like business meetings. You can feel the room just kind of take a a overall breath because it is so calming for most people to see that. (laughs) That So if you're going into a hostile meeting, get the virtual background with the water. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And be like, don't worry about it. Just feel what you feel, but
0: watch the waves. You'll feel different. Watch the waves. Okay. That is so good to know because like, truly I've been feeling this like deep hunger to be in and near water. And I don't know, it's the kind of thing, like, that's a, that's a weird thing to feel. And so it's one of those things that you kind of brush aside, but that's so that's really affirming to to know that mm-hmm. one, that's a, that's a very common source of rest. And then also, too, there's a chemical thing that happens when you're looking at the ocean. I'm like, okay, I thought
1: I made that up, but that's awesome. <laughs> and it's not for everyone, but the people who have that, <laughs> they know it. They know that something about bodies of water speaks something inside of them. It's like it awakens something and then that has to stay awakened for them to feel their best.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I really feel that. use as directed. Clariton, thank you so much for sponsoring our Girls' Night. We love having you. Well, so I'm, I'm kind of battling this right now as we're talking about this. Like, it feels a little silly for me to say, like, I cried about needing to see water and needing to get out of my house, you know? Or like <laughs> like, it feels fluffy and it feels indulgent. And it feels like, you know, especially if you have like a really important job or kids that rely on you or, you know, people that you are in charge of feeding and keeping alive, you know, it's like, I don't have kids and, and like I've houseplants, but I still feel kind of like, I still feel guilty and silly for saying what I need in this area. Have you found one, is that normal? And two, do you have any ideas for how to like
1: get around that? Uh, It's definitely normal. I think most of us, that's why we get burned out because there's this guilt with needing rest. Um, We we treat rest as if this luxury, like, you know, oh, that's only for people who, you know, (laughs) who have these perfect lives and have all this extra time and don't have responsibilities. And so they can go rest when really it's the people who are push to the max. It's the people who do have all the responsibility. It's the people who do have, you know, all this stuff and goodness that they're pouring back into the world that need rest the most because they're the ones that are pouring out the most. And so there's this kind of personal boundaries that have to kind of go up a little bit. None of us like to talk about boundaries because it feels confrontational, but You know, honestly, that's what a boundary is. It's supposed to be confrontational. And so your boundaries will push back at people and their expectations. So even as, you know, someone who, you know, if you feel like, oh, I don't want to ask this because the the question always comes to mind, why? Why don't you want to ask? Well, because you think someone's going to either judge it or you think that, you know, someone's going to give you pushback on it or question your decision to do it. With And with rest, you have to have those boundaries erected, not because of of it being a luxury, but because you understand that it's the necessity that for you to give your best level of work, for you to be at your highest level of capacity, yeah. that to for you to care for people or whatever the, the situation is at your best, to be your strongest, that it requires you to do some self-care. And that self-care includes rest. And, and it looks different for every person, because it depended on the type of rest that they need. So for one person, it may be they need to go get a massage because they hold all their stress in their neck and they're tight and tense all day long. For another person, it may look like, you know, shutting the bathroom door for five minutes to get some darkness and silence in your house. You know, for someone else, it may be needing to go to the beach or needing to go to the lake or needing to walk out for a, an evening stroll just to enjoy the sun and the flower and the breeze. So for each person it's different depending on where they're getting their rest deficit, where they're needing to be poured in the most.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I've in the last couple of years I've been learning a ton about boundaries um and it's been it's been hard. It's it's a hard thing for me um but it's been so good and There's something, you know, you said like, you need to, you need to decide on your boundaries. And I feel like Mm -hmm. the thing that's been really helpful for me is deciding ahead of time. So like it it just making a, making a rule for myself or, or saying this is without any input before I'm in the situation, before someone looks at me, like really like that's like, oh, that's a luxury or like that. That's like, before I think that they think I'm being weak, I need to decide like this is what I do, you know, and and mm-hmm. this is just what I need. And like, I've talked about this on the show before, but just an example of, of this is, you know, a lot of my job, and I know you totally get this happens online and happens on my computer mm-hmm. and happens on Instagram. And I find that I am totally burned out if I spend too much time on Instagram. And so oh, yes. um, towards the end of the, so one, I don't have any of my notifications, on, so I never get a notification <laughs> from Instagram. And, uh, also, you know, at around five or six, sometimes seven, I put my phone on airplane mode. I'm totally unreachable. So I tell my family, like, if you need something, like if something's pressing, like call my husband because I'm out of touch, but it just, mm-hmm. it restores my soul and and someone else may not need that but with what my job looks like and what my heart looks like that's a boundary i've set is like i just cannot be i cannot scroll on on yes. my phone at night like i'm just i'm not my best
1: self if i do that and that's a great example of sensory rest because that's what you're doing. Yes. you are forcing your senses to not have that ongoing input from the social media and your eye, your cell phones and all of that, you know. And and it's really interesting with the research about phones, particularly. And you mentioned notifications. I love what you already have in place because. The easiest way I can probably describe this is as a physician, my life was attached to a pager, you know, for years. And so, you know, when every time that pager went off, I knew something bad was happening. Uh, (laughs) They didn't page me for, you know, stupid stuff. They always page for like, somebody's about to die. Let's go do something. So when the pager go off, my body would like jerk. It's uh, like my, all of my endorphins would release, all of my adrenaline would release. And I'd be like in this hyper state ready to run because I knew something bad was happening. Somewhere,
0: I bet you'd feel like like phantom, like phantom pages too. Like you'd be like, huh, yeah. "Is that my pager?" And it's like, "No, it was you know something else." But it just
1: it would be and so what, hard. To that's like- what they found. That's what a lot of the research showed is that the general population now is having that same fight or flight type response with their cell phones because when the notification, it's almost like a knee jerk reaction. The notification goes off, you have to look at it. It's like emergent. It's not like, oh, there's a notification. I'll get to it when I need to. No, it's the people are responding with the same level of intensity as a physician in the field. Now, think about that as an all-day-long. You know, At least I could turn it off when I wasn't on call. But if you're doing that day in and day out, and so... Um, There's some new research that's not completed that talks about kind of how our stress levels are affecting our attitudes, our marriages, our, you know, people are a lot, road rage, people are a lot more angry and anxious and, you know, um, ready to fight (laughs) a lot more now than they have been in the past. And a lot of that they feel is because we are so on edge because we are constantly in sensory overload.
0: Oh my gosh. That is, that is crazy. You know, you, so, I mean, you just kind of mentioned, but what are some of the, when when we're talking about rest and we're talking about needing to like turn off, needing to fill up, what is actually at stake here? Like if we don't do this, how does it affect our physical bodies? How does it affect our relationships, our marriages, our work, our parenting, our spiritual lives? Like what actually happens to us if we decide that we don't need rest.
1: Yes. Well, unfortunately, all of those areas can suffer. I think physically, a lot of people notice the lack of sleep, the insomnia that sometimes goes with that, uh, increased anxiety, the increased body aches and pains. always say if you're someone who finds that you have the chronic sinus infection, it's like you get sick when nobody else is sick, your immune system's shot. And why is that? For many of us, it's because your cortisol levels are staying too high because you're staying too stressed. Now, that could be from ongoing social media, you know, notifications going off. Or that could be because you just refuse to take time off and actually to rest, to do those things you need to do. And, you know, I said take time off, but rest isn't really about taking a vacation. It's more about kind of being very intentional about doing these restorative activities in the middle of your busy day. Mm-hmm. You know, what what about taking 15 minutes in the middle of, you know, an intense online session where you're typing and working online, just to take 15 minutes just to kind of break away, close your eyes, stretch your neck, do a couple of things to do something restorative in the, in the moment, not necessarily having to completely break from work, not quit your job, not go on vacation, but do something restorative in the moment. And within our families, I think, honestly, that's probably been my greatest joy with the book is just some... Um, of the emails that I get really from husbands <laughs> whose wives have read the book, and they'll write me sometimes and say, you know, I don't know you, I haven't read your book, but I just have to tell you the change I've noticed in my wife now wow. that she's getting um, more rest, now that she's read the book. And I love that they oftentimes will end up reading the book together after that because they're curious, like, wow, that (laughs) would, would it made her do that much better, (laughs) (laughs) maybe I need to read it too. But the changes that they mentioned are that, uh, and my favorite one was a gentleman who said, You know, um, my wife and I have been together for 10 years. We, you know, we got married. We had these kids. We got a year or two in. He's like, and we were starting to grow apart. And she started doing this thing that I recommended because a lot of couples, you know, we fall in love face to face. But after we get life and kids, we're not usually face to face unless we're fighting or talking about bills or hard Mm -hmm. stuff. And so I challenged them with the social rest component is to practice eye to eye contact five minutes eye to eye, not like, not weird, but we're not going to look at our computer or our cell phones and all the other stuff we look at TV when we're sitting together. We're going to make an effort to actually be eye to eye and look into each other's eyes and actually ask about our days and let the other person have that moment of emotional rest to just tell you what the day was like, not asking you to fix it, Not asking you to understand it, just being able to share. And it was amazing to hear him describe how doing that regularly for a couple of weeks changed the dynamics of their marriage, how it changed their level of intimacy, how they fell back in love again, doing what they fell in, how they fell in love in the first place. We don't fall in love looking at our laptops, we fall in love face to face. So I just love stories like that because I think the thing is, most of us, when we think about rest, we get very one sided. We think it's all health related. But it is about how well we live. I feel like a well-rested life is a life well-lived.
0: That'll preach. That's so good. That's so good. Um, When we're, you know, I, I mentioned like the fact that a lot of us have just been home a lot. And that's, so that's one thing that's kind of on one hand. But the other thing is that we have our daily work, like whatever's going on in our work lives. What effect does our... Like our, our environment, I guess, have on
1: rest. Mm-hmm. That really has a huge part, specifically on the sensory aspect of rest, because if, you, if you're if you working in a, in a location where maybe there's a lot of bright lights or if there's phones ringing in the background, if you're hearing other people's conversations, sometimes you have a low level of sensory input that is ongoing, consistent all day long. Uh, if you're a um, uh, mom and you're working from home with high-pitched kids screaming, <laughs> laughing and screaming and playing, I mean, they're not being irritating, but that's still a lot of noise. Mm -hmm. all day long. And you have to be aware of kind of where you're being drained in your senses, because that can come back to have effects in very interesting ways. I'll give an example. I had one, couple who was having issues with their sex life and you know the, the the husband was like she didn't like to be touched anymore and so I'm like okay do you not like sex she's like no I have no problem with sex I just don't I, I don't know I just don't like being touched and it comes they had three kids they were all under five I mean if you think about that this woman's touched all day long yeah. <laughs> I mean, all day long she's being touched she was being sensory overloaded in that area of touch and so a simple solution was okay so bedtime now is daddy time And so daddy puts the kids to bed and gives mommy 30 minutes to reclaim her body, to Take a shower in peace (laughs) without anybody bothering her. No one hanging on me. No one poking me. No one. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever she's got to do to reclaim her sensuality and her body. And it's something as simple as that. I mean, we're not talking, you know, that's the thing when we talk about these restful activities. We're not talking about mind-blowing, you know, new science. We're talking about just being intentional in what we do so that we get what we need. I love that
0: process of of asking,
1: like, what do you need? Because that's such a caring thing to
0: do. And it's something that we would do to someone else that we love, but it's harder for us to do for ourselves to just stop and and without any any like the answer can be whatever you need it to be. Hey, like, I love you. What do you need today? And mm-hmm. then actually responding and giving yourself whatever the thing is that you need. Um, that's such a like such a loving thing to do. And it's, it's simple and, and it's amazing that it can have so many like positive, the, the, the ripple effect can be so like wide and long lasting.
1: Yes. And I, I love that. You know, a lot of times women will say, well, my husband wouldn't understand. My husband wouldn't do that because this woman has said that she's like, my husband would never take on putting all three of those kids to bed. When he found out it was going to change his sex life, he was more than happy <laughs> to put those kids to bed. He was like, whatever. OK, Perfect. daddy's reading books. So, <laughs> yeah, you'd be amazed because all of our motivations are different. You know, and that's not a bad motivation. I mean, that's important to him. Yeah. Their physical relationship was important to him. Right. And he loves his kids, but he didn't even know how to... He wasn't going to come and say, well, I'm going to take over this for for you. You know, that it would have been almost like confrontational because they weren't discussing their needs. Right. And I think that's very important with rest. You have to be able to have healthy boundaries, but also have healthy communication. Mm, that's really good. Okay, so I just
0: want to ask, you know as we're thinking about this and as we're going to dive into the quiz and find out what areas of rest we're lacking in and, and, and as I feel like all of us are sitting here like, okay, I'm actually like I'm, I'm about to take some steps um, in this direction, which is really cool. Do you have just a last piece of encouragement or anything we didn't cover, like anything that is just important for us to know moving forward into this journey of rest?
1: I think probably the number one thing is just to kind of keep that mindset that rest is not about just the cessation of activity. It really is more focused on restorative activities. What can you do to restore the areas of your life that you're pouring out of? And then to to not feel any kind of shame or guilt or fear in reclaiming that and doing those things that you need to do to keep yourself At your highest level of capacity, at your happiest, at your most joyful, most energized, because really that's when you can pour back into the lives of the people you love so much. We always want to kind of pour and give it to everyone else without and don't really want to feel like we're taking anything for ourselves. But you have to take for yourself to be able to continue to give to them at the level that you desire.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Oh man, Sandra, thank you so much for, for all of the work you do. I mean, one, just in, in your medical practice as a doctor, thank you for, for all of your work, especially lately. And, um, but thank you for, for blazing this trail ahead of us and for paying attention and and listening in your own life and for, for doing the research so that we can, can start feeling more rested sooner. And, because it really does seem like that's not only the best thing that we can do for ourselves, it's the best thing we can do for all the people we love and serve as well. So,
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: You guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have you here at Girls' Night. Before you go, I would love it if you do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of bookmarking the podcast. You never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode when a new one's released. The other thing is that it would mean so much to me if you would take just a quick second to leave a rating and a review for the show. The way that iTunes knows to suggest the podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' nights. So would you do me a huge favor and take just a quick second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the show so far? It would help me out so much. And I want to say the hugest thank you to all of you who have left those beautiful five-star reviews already. It means the world to me. Okay, friends, that's all we have for today, but we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls' Night. I'll see you then.